All right, so you're welcome to another episode of the OMN NBA podcast. I'm, as always, your host, Derek. And today, I've been joined all the way in the United States of America with my brother, Jeff. What's good, Jeff? What up, what up, Derek? What up, everyone? Uh, happy to be here again. It's been a while. You, you've been on the podcast. You've been away. Yeah, you know, stacking, stacking up information to give, to give it to our listeners, you know, as usual. <laughs> how was how was the offseason cheating you? There's no bad, there's no summer league again. So like, how are you cheating the the offseason now? What's what what you've been up to? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big sports person, so I watch other sports. I'm a big um football person. I watch football. I watch tennis. So I've been trying to you know keep up and trying to work on other things too. You know, so exactly. hopefully we give our viewers something else <laughs> in in yeah. time. You know, in the future. So yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, so today we're talking um everything basketball, of course. It's the women NBA. And talking about your team, the Golden State Warriors, it seems like you guys are still on the winning streak because you guys won FC's team of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well deserved. Well deserved. Um, you know, I heard I'm I'm in this group chat and people were talking about hey, yeah, no one watches the SPs, the SPs are shit. No one like pays attention to it. I'm like, yo, you guys are being salty. Like no one is even celebrating these SPs. We're just happy it's an award that we want, but then no one is gonna rub it in your face saying, hey, you want an SPs. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. People are not gonna like the idea that the good is the Warriors are the best team in the NBA right now. But yeah, it is what it is, bro. <laughs> we keep winning. We won a bunch of awards. I, I saw Steph Clay you know so that's great to see that's that's awesome to see yeah, and and Steph was the host I think he's the first player to host the award uh since LeBron James in 2007 according to uh some facts yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah another award on the night was Clay Thompson winning comeback of the year uh when Clay was coming back were you expecting the Warriors to be this good and go on a championship winning run I don't think anyone expected the Warriors to win the championship being let's let's be honest, bro. Like Clay is not even at his best. I, I should say Clay is about 70% in my opinion. I think he he still has a lot of work to to do in terms of getting his legs under him. You know, his shot looked kind of good, but I could get better. Um the clay, you know, we know is not yet back defensively, especially. Um, so we, we are yet to see. The, the you know the complete clay so come next season i think we're going to get better next season okay so you think he deserves the comeback of the year award definitely definitely he after two two quote unquote career ending injuries he deserves it man and with clay not playing you know i think half of the season in the regular games and he was out um how much did the warriors miss clay thompson's basketball in the two seasons that he was out how much of an impact was felt when Clay was sitting on the sidelines watching the games? I mean, Clay and Steph is arguably the best backcourt, in my opinion, in NBA history. I don't know. I mean, you can have others, but then the Splash Brothers work in tandem, right? Mm-hmm. So Steph had to, you know, shoulder a bunch of responsibility in terms of, you know, him carrying the team of course. Uh, more him, you know, taking more shots with, with, with Clay out. So Clay coming back, you know, Steph is able to, you know, work more off the ball, you know, you know, take turns in, in, in taking shots, you know, spacing the floor, especially with Clay being back. But with Clay not, not there, it, it was hard for Steph. I could say, even though Steph was, you know, putting up his numbers, it was still hard in terms of, you know, the floor being spaced out, you know, the, 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 
you know, the, the looks he was getting, the type of shots he was taking, you know. So him being back helps everyone on the team. It helps Steph, it helps, you know, Draymond, Jordan Poole, it helps Wiggins. Look at Wiggins, the, the, game, the games Wiggins had, bro, because of the space on the floor. Wiggins had a ton of shots yeah. for them to yeah, take, true. you know, and he could concentrate on the, on the good thing. So it's great seeing one of the best shooters in the NBA come back. We're, we're all glad to see it. Great. Amazing. Now, Clay's absence gave us the chance to see the growth of a young Jordan Poole because he steps in the shoes of arguably one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, arguably one of the best catch-and-shoot players that we've ever seen in the game. Now, hypothetically speaking, if Clay didn't miss two seasons, were we ever going to get a Jordan Poole come out like this? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Clay being out gave the Warriors, you know, the opportunity to to actually give Jordan the minutes, you know, mm-hmm. give him the exposure. Um, so it, it really helped pull Jordan pull himself, and it helped the Golden State Warriors because then now you have someone who can come off the bench and give you the same productivity. I mean, it not even not, if it's not even the same, but then close to the same productivity that Clay might give you, you know. So Clay being out had his positives, like Jordan Poole. He had its negatives, like us not making the playoffs in those two seasons. Do you get what I mean? So we, it, when you look at it in hindsight or in the bigger picture, mm-hmm. we can say it might be the one of the best things that ever happened to the Golden State Warriors in terms of Jordan Poole has now increased his his value in the NBA. He's he's, he's a valuable guy. Some any most teams would want him on, on on their team because of his his range of shooting. He can drive into the paint. He makes good decisions. He's and he still can do more. Like he's still young. He still can improve. So you know, it's it's great. It's great for Jordan Poole. It's great for the Golden State right now. Okay, now there were talks online during the regular season. I mean, during the regular season games, we saw a bit of Clay's, you know, downsize of in terms of his shooting being poor. He went, you know, off sometimes, and people were like, "We need to see Clay." I mean, pull get more minutes than Clay Thompson. Um, the season ended. We saw how impactful Clay, um, you know, coming back was for the worst. Going into next season, I mean, Clay is obviously healthy. We've seen off-season videos of him, you know, still in the gym, going hard and, you know, coming yeah. back great. And Jordan Poole, of course, he's shown us a glimpse of how great and his potential to be an all-star player next season because he was yeah. in the category for most improved player, which he lost to Jamal Ryan. But going into next season, who do you expect to get more minutes between these two? Definitely Clay Thompson. Clay, I think Clay averaged the most minutes in the NBA Finals. If, if I might be wrong, it could be could be Wiggins, but I think I think Clay is up there, top two, maybe three. So I think he's gonna play start most games if he's fit and when he's fit. Um, Jordan Poole is gonna get his minutes too. No, no, I'm gonna I'm not gonna say here and say he's not. Jordan Poole will come off the bench and get his, you know, 25 minutes a night probably. I mean, you know, because Steph would need rest, Clay would need rest, and that's where Jordan Poole made it. The Jordan Poole made it coming, coming to into play. But yeah, um, I I just think it's it's very dicey for Jordan. You know, I was watching the Jim Green show, <laughs> and he had, and we're talking about the 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 Sith Man of the year. You know, the whole the whole concept of the Sith Man, and then 
you were talking about the best sit, the best sit, sit men in NBA, NBA history, arguably, are Lou Williams, are Lou, Lou Williams, um, Manu Ginobili, yeah. and um, Jamal Crawford, right? If if you want to give a sit man of the year to those three, right? Mm-hmm. Jamal Green asked Lou Williams, who do you think is the best out of these three to win the sit man of the year? And Lou Williams said him, right? Even though he might not be the best player out of those three people, him because he accepted that role to be a sit man. You know, he embraced that I'm going to be a sit man. Even if I'm a better, I could be a starter on my team, I'm still going to be a sit man. And Doc Rivers said, hey, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take you out of your flow. You're going to be still come on the bench at the fifth minute mark. You know, so if Jordan Poole, if I'm Jordan Poole, I embrace it and be okay, I'm going to be my sit man. I'm going to, you know, play my role. You know, I'm still young. Um, Steph is older. Steph is is you know has max two three years to play in the league. Oh no, I'm not in the league. I mean to to be at Golden State or whatever. Um, let me embrace this role and then you know see what happens in the next two or three years. I'm stop. You know I can win Sixth Man of the Year. I can win Most Improved Player next year. I can be an All Star next year being a Sixth Man. You know so. It does, that's just my opinion. If I'm him, that's what I you know I I'll tend to go lean towards. You know, I, I think I think it would it would be great for him, um, you know, to to take that role and accept it. You know, so you think it would be better if Jordan Poole accepted the sit man role and just come off the bench and contribute more rather than being a starter? So don't you think? I mean, he's great? I mean, he's gonna start some games. I'm not gonna say he's gonna come off the bench all season. He's gonna start start some games. There're gonna be games where Steph will sit out, play will sit out, a bunch of players will be out. So he's gonna start some games, but then. He's gonna come off the bench and might still average a good number of minutes. You get what I mean? Yeah, of course. He might he might not he might not start the game, but he might end the game. You know, in clutch situations, he might be in the lineup. So it might not necessarily mean he's he's starting games, but he might be averaging his minutes. You know, he might be averaging thirty minutes coming off the bench, which is possible. So, you know, especially if if you want to go small, okay. you know what I mean. So, okay. yeah, it, it 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 could work. It could work. All right. Now, don't you think we've seen much of? <clears throat> sorry, don't you think we've seen much of Clay Thompson so much that it is the time now for him to actually be the role of a sit man, just like you described for Jordan Poole, so that Jordan can step in the in the limelight and get the chance to shine. Um, I it's it's hard. It's difficult to actually because Clay is. Clay, you know, I you know the thing is Clay, we haven't seen the best of Clay yet. You know, if if a year down the line Clay is still not, you know, getting the back to full clay or even you know 90% clay, then we can make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. But right now we can't make that decision because then we're being premature with Clay's situation. But because I expect Clay to become a better version of himself than he was this past season. Because he played he didn't play a lot of games. Okay. He didn't have he didn't he didn't have an off season playing basketball. You know he was still getting you know fit fit during the during the last off season. So this off season is going to be big for him. He's already back in the gym, which is great. So you know I expect Clay to come back being Clay. Um, the thing is the thing is what Clay brings to the Golden State Warriors is the shooting and his defense, right? His okay. length. He's yeah. he's stronger and taller than Jordan Poole. In my opinion, he shoots better than Jordan Poole if he gets his legs under him. So, you know, 
it just gives the Warriors that upper hand when it comes to spacing the floor and being a threat. So he, he's just the ultimate 3 and D player. And if he gets fitter and fitter as time goes on, he's going to be the threat that he has always been. Okay, amazing. And hopefully, we I mean, we can be a little too, you know, we don't see the future. So we just hope for the best for Jordan. Right, right. Because going into next season, I can see the Warriors, you know, a lot of the backcourts um, are no longer around. That's Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton, and, uh, and you know, um, what's this? What's the other guy's name? It's, I think most of the important players that left were Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton. That's and Bielisa also, you know, left for Europe. But the Warriors core during the summer league. I um, mean, we watched James Wiseman, we watched Kaminga, we watched Moses Moody and Quindary Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to get the most minutes out of these players that played in the summer league? It looks like Moses Moody. I think Moody has made big strides. Moody has a very, very high ceiling. I mean, Kuminga has a very high ceiling too. Weissman to his number two pick. So, mm-hmm. so they all have a very high ceiling. But I think Moody, Moody looks like the real deal. Moody looks like he's going to make the biggest improvement among those three guys. Um, just from watching them at the summer league, he he averaged the most points in the summer league. And it's it was big, you know, because his shooting is I feel like his shooting is underrated, but I think it can be a, he can be a better shooter. He can improve up, you know, on his defense. But Kuminga is the most athletic one amongst all three. So it's it's very dicey. But I think Moody's gonna get the most minutes followed by Kuminga because defensively he could he could help on defense, Kuminga, and also be a threat, you know, offensively. But Weissman, I feel like he's gonna have a, you know, like a like a bench row behind Looney just for the start, you know, see how things, he's going to start some games too, to see how it works. But I think Weissman is just the future of the other franchise. You know, Looney, you know, is, is, is not, he's not even, Looney's not even an old guy, but then he's old in terms of how long he's been with the franchise and the things he's, he's done. But I think Moody's going to get minutes. Uh, Weissman took could get a bunch of minutes, but I feel like they're going to get average similar minutes next season. Okay. And who are you most excited for to see in terms of players playing for next season? Weissman. Um, definitely Weissman because, you know, <laughs> he's a big man who brings shooting ability. He, you know, he, he's, he's a taller, um, you know, center, which we we haven't had in a long time. I think Looney's like 6'9 or 6'10 max, you know, but um, Weissman is like 7'7'1, I think, which is big for us you know we we need that big man to protect the paint um so a big man with you know with some razzmatazz if, if I say. so we will i'm looking forward to seeing Weissman play towards like a full season just to see what he's what he's made of okay um about golden state warriors let's move to the team that you guys played in the finals that is the boston celtics 17 17 times nba champion um, they had a pretty good team. They had one of the best defensive ratings going into the playoffs and actually during the playoffs. And mm-hmm. they met the Golden State Warriors, which had the number one offensive team. Now, Grant Williams, who was one of the <laughs> best role players for the, the Boston Celtics, in a, in a recent podcast, in an interview, said that he still feel the Boston Celtics were the best team. Now, there's been debates and comments 
from so many people, but I'm yet to hear your take on this. Do you still think if we were playing the basketball today, the Boston Celtics are the best team between these two? I, I don't know what he was watching, bro. <laughs> he was playing. I don't, he wasn't watching. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what this guy means by they were the best team and were the most disciplined team. Like, I don't know what that means, honestly. Bro, you lost three games in a row. Like, if if you're not a better team, you don't win three games in a row. I mean, I, I understand like, when he said that because the odds going into the into the finals, it was 80, 80 to 20 because everyone actually just predicted the Boston Celtics to kind of have like a swoop, a clean sweep, actually. I mean, you, you and I had this discussion. Those those odds were just made no sense. Those odds, I don't know what, I don't know what the metrics are, but those odds made no sense. Those odds, I, I don't like, you know, I could understand if the Celtics were the favorite, but mm-hmm. the, the margin of like the, the margin was too big to be a, to be a sensible prediction. Like 80-20, like what is this? Like, is I, it I, like another, I think another factor that made the margin 80-20 was you know, there was that conversation of the Boston Celtics had to face the Miami Heat, they had to face the former champions, that's the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Giannis, and they also had to eliminate the Brooklyn Nets. Which I won't say had a super team, but they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, so it was kind of like that transition to the finals compared to the to the Golden State, which I won't take anything away from that because they had to play the MVP. That's Nikola Jokic, which other people too say he had he didn't have his best man. That's Jamal Murray, and then they had to play the Memphis Grizzlies, which you know their star player Jamal had to go out after Game Three, and also had to play the Dallas Mavericks, who had just Nikola Jokic, um, Luka Doncic, so. In comparison, it's clear to say the Boston Celtics had one of the toughest opponents heading to the finals because they had to play two game sevens. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that because the, I mean, there's net series with the sweep. That that was that was that was. I mean, that was that was that was just yeah, that was just nothing to. But the the Milwaukee series, right? Went to went to went to a game seven without Middleton, like, and Middleton. Is the second best player on that team. Mm-hmm. He's the second highest score on that team. He's a player the Bucks go to in clutch situations. Okay. So if if the Bucks were able to scrap all the way to a game seven without such an important piece, I don't know. Going to the Miami series, Miami did not look the best. Miami had a Kalari who was who did not look good at all. Mm-hmm. He had a Tyler Hero, who's the second highest scorer, who was injured for like three or four games. Mm-hmm. So, and still went to a game seven. Going to the Golden State side, they played, um, what's it called? Denver. Nuggets. Denver. Denver without MPJ, without Jamal Murray, 4-1. You know, like... You could tell, okay, yes, we are going to beat them without their players. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Gentleman sweep. You go to the the game, the series against Memphis. Mm-hmm. They lost Jar. We beat them. Like we're not taking this to seven games. Seven games. We just just finish this right here, right now. You're not gonna scrap. It's not gonna be a scrap. And then game seven, we can. You know, no. Dallas Mavericks. Gentleman sweep. They have just Luca. Stop Luca. You stop the team. You, you're not going to scrap this out. So then I don't know why they didn't look at it that way, but I looked at it the other way. So I mean, everybody in the way they look at things, but 
I just thought it was, it, it just did not make sense that 80 to 20 prediction, you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, they were wrong. Even after game, game four, it was still a big margin. I was like, I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know what the metrics are, but these metrics, man, damn. I mean, because, you know, because the, the conversation is, you know, and I understand. I, I like, I wouldn't say I agree, but on the most part, I do. Because if you're facing, regardless of Middleton's absence, the Milwaukee team still look like a great team that could beat you on any day. Because mind you, Yanis, Drew Holiday, um, Bobby Portis, Connington, all these players are great players and that could show up any other given day. But when you take a team, for instance, like Dallas Mavericks, they had to depend so much on Luka Doncic scoring. It is, it's, it's actually terrible because Jalen Brunson is good, but not a half as good as, you know, Luka Doncic. And if you take out him, or if you take him and Luka out, the team is just filled with average players who are not giving you as many points per game. Because Dari Finney-Smith, Kleber are not these type of players that you're going to and are going to win you a game. But when right. you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, if you take Yanis out, Drew Holiday made a clutch steal and a clutch block against Celtics at TD Garden. You don't right. have such type of player when you look at the Denver Nuggets, the you know the the, the Memphis Grizzlies or the or, or, or the uh, Dallas Mavericks. So it's safe to say the the Celtics had a great or tougher run. Not taking. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not saying they did not have a tougher run in terms yeah. of the names they faced, but we could still chop and chop and, and break it up and still, you know, analyze it a different way. And we could say the Warriors actually took advantage of the, the of who they had and they, they, they killed them. But then on the Celtics hand, they had to, you know, scrape their way through these teams to get to the finals. I mean, um, I feel like that's also a factor in the finals, them playing too many games, you know. So fatigue was a big was a big thing for them too in the finals but you know it is what it is i guess after game one were you convinced that this was going to be a miami series i mean sorry um a boston Celtics walking away with the title because it was it was a double digit lead going into the fourth and then the Warriors just completely lost it oh no i wasn't i wasn't i don't think i was ever i had any doubts honestly i just thought this going to give the game away i said it i was in a space with them I said, hey, you guys are celebrating a one the first game. That's good. That's good. I mean, it's good to win games, you know. Celebrate it all you want. But then in my opinion, we give the game away. You know, it's not like you guys beat us. We give it away. So if we can just take care of the ball, not turn the ball over, make right decisions on the offensive end, we're good. We're Gucci. And I always I always said, this is going to be a six-game series. I said five in the beginning, but I changed to six. I said six, 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 six and, you know, Six happened. I was confident we'll win three games in a row. I was so confident. So we just had to clean things up, uh, you know, make sure we play great team defense. And that's what happened. So in your opinion, you still think the Boston Celtics weren't the better team? I wouldn't say they were the better team. I, like I'm saying weren't. Like, they were not. No, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they... So I think they were not the better team. <laughs> so... um. <laughs> Because, like, if you look at basketball, is you, you can't just look at one side and say, like, what makes what, what will make the Boston Celtics the better team? Like, what are the things that you saw that you think would make the Boston Celtics the better team? I mean, to me, to be able to take out 
Miami, um, Miami and Milwaukee. It's no, but so 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 all, all those all those like let's let's not bring the 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 previous matchups. Like, okay, yeah. cool. Because it doesn't make it. It's it's gone. Okay. In that series, what Grant Williams said was that in that series, in the finals, they were the better team. That's what he said. Yeah, but I mean, after game one, to me, I felt it was going to go to a game seven at least. But things started to change or my perspective started to change mm-hmm. after game three. Because even though they won, that Stephen Curry performance and how eager was to win the game was, was just wild. So to me, they, they were not far off as a better team, but collectively, the Warriors were more organized and like you said, disciplined. To me, they were the Warriors were more disciplined. Now, of course, another thing that he did mention was the championship pedigree. It is one thing that people wanted to, you know, not talk about, but it was more important because having that experience in the setting place can give you um pretty much a go-ahead to know what is coming next. So that being said, the, the Warriors had that much of an advantage of right, right. Here before, and we've seen it before. And to them, this is their first finals. They're basically rookies when it comes to finals. Like their coach is a rookie. True, true. Their team is a rookie. So they've experienced this. So I think he would say this just to feel like, you know, we won. I mean, we lost, but, you know, we still play much better basketball. But to me, Warriors were the, like the much better side. But anyways, that's yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he, he told. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not, obviously, he's not going to admit easily. Not a lot of players are that honest to admit easily that their team were in the better side. But anyways, Let's move forward and talk still about the Warriors because it looks like this offseason, a lot of people are on the Warriors next. Um, that's what happens when you're when you're doing something great. Uh, people just want to come for you. Shaquille O'Neal uh responded to Stephen Curry about his 2017 Warriors who beat Stanley Malikis by saying, if they don't double me, I'm going for 60 without the free throws. Now, the Lakers are still the last team to go on the three-peats. Uh, which was the last time they did it. I mean, it's still the last thing to do. The Warriors tried to do that, but, you know, unfortunately lost to the Toronto Raptors in 2019 and that called high team. 2001 Lakers and 2017 Warriors. In a seven-game series, what are your predictions? Straight up, just tell me your prediction. Straight up. Jeez. <laughs> um, it- I'm, going, I'm going to go... Mm-hmm. This is this is this is hard. <laughs> hard because the Lakers built something special, you know. So of course, of course. To go on a then, team, it's not easy. I mean, it's, right. it's a, yeah, it's a lot of work. Right. But on the other hand, I'm I'm, I'm a big Warriors fan. I'm a big Shaq fan too, honestly. But <laughs> but with, I'm looking at like let's 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 break down the teams, right? I'm looking at mm-hmm. KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond. Equal Let's say Iguodala. Let's yeah. put And when you look at the Lakers, they these have are these are five, five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just and on the Lakers side it was who Kobe. They had Kobe. They had Derek Fisher. They had Rick Derek Fox, Fisher. Ron Harper. Robert Horry. Robert Horry, a great. I mean, three point shooter as well. Mm-hmm. They go listen. They go. This the Warriors were a, a, a KD, 
away from winning a championship in that 2017. Sorry, 2019. Mm-hmm. Is it 2019? Yeah, 2019. 2019, Just yeah. The KD being fit away, trust me. <laughs> even, <laughs> even if Clay had been fit, it would have been... Mm-hmm. Because he was on his way to scoring 45 points in that game till he got an injury. So I'm just gonna go the Warriors because of how how dominant it was, how dominant the, the, the wins were, you know. I don't know what, what, what were the series that like what were the finals wins for for the Lakers and not three beat, you know? Um uh- the last, I mean, the 2001 finals, they beat the Philadelphia 76ers 4-1. to one. That was um, Allen Iverson's team. Mm-hmm. So, and the last, I mean, Warriors just beat, in 2017, the Warriors had to beat uh, the Cleveland for 42. So, you you can say um, it was a pretty, I mean, to go on a three-peat. So, my opinion is to go on a three-peat is not easy. But then again, it's not easy. the Golden State Warriors team before Clayton, I mean, Kevin Durant joined, had a great and arguably the best regular season team ever because they won 72 games. 73. Great. So if you're coming off a 70 a 70-plus 70 winning season and then you have one of the arguably the greatest scorers of the league join mm-hmm. your team, this is where it gets dicey because the Lakers had Kobe and Shaq. It was a Kobe and Shaq team on, on the right. line. Right, pretty but much. Arguably two greatest players. If you take them out, or if they come off the team, the, the the Lakers are suffering. I don't see anybody else coming up to match up against what the Golden State Warriors had in squad depth, because <laughs> the Warriors had Steph, they had Clay, they had Kevin Durant, they have Iguodala, they have David West, they have Javale McGee, they have Quinn Cook. They have so many. I mean, in terms of skills or talents, they had so much. Right. But the Lakers team to me in that two thousand one. We're kind of like a little failing of because Rick Fox is not going to give you much more than 20 points. Right. Harper is not going to give you more than enough of points and assists. Same as Derek Fisher. But these are great <laughs> role players as well. So, like Kobe, like Shaq arguably said, they need to double team him because he is the threat. Right. I mean, Kobe is still going to be Kobe, but Shaq is the threat. But when it when it comes to the worst team, the Steph, the Clay, the KD, so that's more than one threat. So how do you? Start- I mean, and, and also, and also, Shaq is just gonna go score dunks and layups and stuff, whilst exactly. the other guys are bombing threes. <laughs> so if, if if you run a pick and roll and you switch and you have Steph, on oh, Shaq, ah, barbecue chicken. That's just barbecue, man. But yeah. then again, Kobe is a great player, so I can say they, they're likely to put Kobe on either Steph or Clay. It could, it could happen both ways. It, it could, could happen both ways. ways. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So to be uh. Like I've been saying on the timeline, it's it is not an easy uh if if, if it ever happened, I mean in, in a metaverse world or in in a, in a meta universe or anything, if it ever happened, I would have gone with the Warriors in seven. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean it's very tight, it's very tight. You could go either way. If if someone says Lakers in seven, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't of like, course. if someone says Warriors in seven, I wouldn't be surprised. It's you know, it's gonna be close. Um and yeah, it's it's just it's close. It's it's hard, man. Yeah, it's 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 not easy to pick because Shaq Shaq is 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 looking at the team and he's saying you need to double team me. Okay, so Kobe um Shaq thinks the worst over dependency on the three. It is not gonna happen if they ever match up. You know, 
if they ever face Zone One Lakers. So that means they have to do more of the inside scoring. And that mm-hmm. is when Shaq's rim protection comes in. Do you think the Lakers team could have been able to stop the Warriors from shooting their usual threes? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it would have been an it would be it would be an issue if 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 the face of it turns on the, the Golden State's three-point shooting, because the movement from the Golden State Warriors 20 years ago, I don't think any team moved the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the switching that happens, the, these are elite three-point scorers. These are not just people who just jack up threes for no reason. They can't actually score, make, make the three. So, mm-hmm. and also um, um, Kevin Durant's KD's um, length and the scoring ability is, is a matched, is, is really a matched. Um, so that would, that would be hard. That would be hard for those two, those two take and make their threes. I don't know what the matchups are, what the matchups are going to be. But as soon as there's a switch and Steph is on like a Shaq or, on, you know, someone smaller like a Derek Fisher or like, you know, it, it's just going to be hard for, for the Lakers to keep up with it, with the shooting. They're they, they, they going to shoot the lighter, I think. I guess I guess I guess the Lakers. I mean, because Sack was saying, I mean, his his defense or the Lakers defense wouldn't allow the Warriors big threes to shoot threes, and they will have to attack the basket to score. And you know, according to even him, Andrew Bogut would have been scoring more points than Steph or Clay or Durant. Well, I, I don't know what he mean. I don't know if he if he. Knew, I mean, he's gonna always back his side up, which he I should, mean, which I respect. Of course, but the movement of the ball. The switching that the Golden State Warriors do, how they run, they run, they run up the floor in transition. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I don't see how they can keep up with the with the with that type of the screens they set. It, it's going to be hard. You can they can score from any part of the floor. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how Shaq is looking at this, but. I mean, he he he's supposed to back up him his side, so I respect that. But I don't know how they can stop them from from shooting the threes. Okay, all right. I mean, I wish. I mean, I you know sometimes these are the times where you wish you could have wishes and horses just come together and just create some kind of magic so you can have true, some- true, true. These things happen. You want to see them? Yeah. You know, like, you know. It it's it just tells you that the Warriors have built something incredible. Because right, to be compared. For the right. first time, Warriors has been compared to a classic basketball era because also the Warriors were compared to the, the Bulls, 96 Bulls, who were just fantastic. So if you're getting Warriors compared to Bulls and the Lakers, and, you know, it just tells you that the Warriors dynasty is still strong and it's just, oh, my God, it's just one of the best basketball teams I've, I've ever had to witness. I, I think my kids are going to hate me when, you know, they sit around me and I have to tell them about Steph Curry and, you know, the things he used to do. <laughs> They're gonna, I'm going to be that granddad, just have to remind them every time that they missed out on the golden years of, of, of basketball. But anyways, let's move forward and talk about the remaining free agents, there are still some players out there that need teams. Um, Jeff, in your opinion, mm-hmm. which of these players um, are likely to get a team before the season starts? So currently we have Colin Sexton, who last played for... <laughs> <laughs> Colin. Okay, so Colin Sexton is out there. Dennis Schroeder, DeMarcus Cousins, Carmelo, Blake, Hassan Whiteside, LaMarcus Aldridge, Dwight Howard, Montressor Rell. Lou Williams, the sit man, 
Jeremy Lamb, Rajan Rondo, Josh Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Wancho Hanan Gomez, Markeith Morris, yep. and Eric Pascal. Mm-hmm. We have all these players available looking for a roster spot. Mm-hmm. Who gets the team before the season starts? I mean, you could say who gets the team before training camp, but mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly think, in my opinion, mm-hmm. teams are waiting to see where Kevin, what happens to Kevin Durant. You know, True. this this is this has gone on for too long. I think yeah, he's gonna man. stay in the Nets. Um, everyone is waiting to pick up their their pieces because I feel like teams have at least one or two spots waiting on, on, on their rosters, just looking at you know on, on last minute additions and stuff like that, you know. So um I honestly think Sexton coming off his injury. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if anyone is willing to take a chance on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would have to work his way back up again after that injury. I saw Dennis Schroeder try to <laughs> try to tell LeBron <laughs> to run it back, bro. <laughs> LeBron has bigger fish to fry. He's trying to get carry on the team, man. He's not trying to get you on his team. So uh, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I mean, Shuda always Shuda is that he's not like a terrible player. I mean, Shuda is a great player. She just one of the he's, he's gonna add something to someone's team, but you yeah. know, sometimes you know. It's, um, it's how the league works, man. Right, and you look at you look at you look at uh, the Marcus Cousins, Camelo, Lake Griffin. I mean, Cousins. It looks like I, 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 I honestly feel like Cousins, Cousins might just join the Warriors. Mm. I don't know. I'm saying this. I don't know where I'm getting this from, but it's just a gut feeling. So just. You can get you can you can you can you can say you can insult me all you want, but it's just a gut feeling. <laughs> but you know all these other guys, all these guys who are gonna be like you know Lamarcus Aldridge. I think you no, know, I don't think anybody's gonna take a chance on Lamarcus Aldridge with his with his problems. Um, Whiteside, <laughs> Griffin, Melo. I don't know, man. These are gonna be last minute decisions for some of these guys. People are looking to like fill up their rosters in the last minute. I'm gonna get some of these guys to come join them. So, yeah. I mean, um, Rondo, Rondo is always a good piece. Rondo is not a terrible piece. He's always someone you can always have coming off the bench for leadership, for decision making in the, in the clutch. So it's not it's not always terrible to have Rondo on your team, but you know, okay, all right. It's it's just you know, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 just. It's it's dicey with these with these free agents, but as soon as the Kevin Durant decision is made, I think things are gonna fall back into placing free agency. For me, uh, I think it is about time, and I, and I don't mean to be that guy, and I don't mean to be the bar person, but players such as Melo and Lamarcus, uh, uh, and Dwight, are at that time where the league is running too fast for them. Because when you look at Melo on the Lakers team, it, 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 there weren't any positives. It, to me, it was just him being there because Melo and LeBron needed to play together. Mm-hmm. You know? Same with Dwight. Dwight was just a good player. And we've seen his likes before. We've seen what he's been able to do. So we're just still trying to get the last piece out of him. People will argue and say DeAndre Jordan is still in the league. But 
DeAndre is still playing tough when it comes to the rebound, crashing the boards. I mean, right. So, to me, Melo, Griff, um, yeah, Griffin too, uh, Dwight, Lamarcus. I mean, Lamarcus, we you know retired due to a heart condition and they had to come back. Mm-hmm. So to me, if I was the Blazers, I would put Lamarcus back into my team. Because Lamarcus and Damien, we didn't get much of them. But still, Lamarcus is not that bad of a player. I mean, you can give you 15 minutes and it's not that bad. But, I mean, hey, who knows, man? They have Nurkic now, so let's just leave that for now. And like you said, Roger yeah. Rondo is also a great player who can come off the bench. Eric Bledsoe, um, hmm, I don't know about that. But, hey, let's just see what happens. But anyways, these are just the free agents available uh, still looking for a roster spot, still looking for a team, and hopefully they do get one. So uh, the season is about, you know, a month away, a month or two away. Right. Yeah. Right. Still looking for things to happen. KD and Kyrie. I think, I, I, yeah, I, I think trading camp starts somewhere. It's early September, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But KD and Kyrie, man, I just didn't talk about it because it, it's been too much of it. We're, mm-hmm. we're just, just looking forward to what's gonna happen right now, man. Because it's it's just too much of the drama. It's like watching a um um uh, uh, how do you call it a, a regular TV show, um a lifestyle TV. You know something about women, and you just like you just go back. <laughs> No, yeah, it's too much too much drama like i can't even put yeah. one it's too much drama you wake up and espn is on it sb nation is on it you know everyone is just trying to just get it out of them but mm-hmm. i think most of the time what i've seen so much is the request or what the nets is asking for back is just impossible i mean you saw what you saw what um i mean sort of paid to utah for for gobert so it is what it is. <laughs> of course, but, you know, it, it's, I mean, the Nets is just asking for too much. They're asking for so many round picks. They're asking for star players, you know, and teams are, teams have seen what's keeping your, your picks can, can get you in the future. So no right. one is likely to, I mean, put that away for Kevin Durant, who's going to give you two years, three years, maybe, mm-hmm. in the league and just throw that away. I mean, you want a championship now, but it's no guarantee because the Warriors are still alive. The Boston Celtics right. are hungry. Um, there's still teams, Miami Heat's still building around. The Bucks are coming back wild. So you just can't give it up for a championship that it isn't guaranteed. So let's just see what happens. Same with Kyrie Irving. Maybe he yeah. ends up in the late. Who knows, man? Just let's just let's just see what's gonna happen. But, anyways, man, yeah. Jeff, it's been a pleasure it's talking so to you. Good, bro. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you, having you back and uh, talking more basketball. So, guys. Um, it's another episode of the OMN NBA podcast. You can like, subscribe, and share it to all your friends and listen to this podcast every day. We're coming your way every Friday with a new episode. Sure. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you for joining. I'll catch you same time. Yep. Always be on the timeline tweeting a lot of basketball stuff. So just follow me at Raider is the name. And make sure you follow Jeff too. As well, Jeff, what's your handle? Put it out there for the people. Handle is at the general code. Follow me on Twitter. We out. Okay. Thank you guys. And we'll be back with another episode. Stay tuned. As always, peace and love.